everyone and welcome to episode 54 of the Lion of Vienna podcast. My name is Dan Murphy and joining me today is, well for the first time in ages, but we'll get to the housekeeping momentarily, is Tom. Tom, how's it going? I, I hear you're in pain. I am. Yeah, I am, but I'm soldiering on, ready how, for how the... Did you, how did you sprain your ankle? What did you do in football? Did you try and do a David Dunlike skill and fall on your ass? Uh, no, it was more of a Robbie Savage size tackle. That, uh, that went horribly, horribly. So you tried doing the dirty on someone and you ended up hurting yourself? Yeah, two minutes left as well. Wow. How dis- two minutes left. That's not instant karma, I don't know what it is. Absolutely. Is. Completely also, deserved, mate. And also joining me today, for the first time in even longer than the rest of us, is Mr Liam O'Myra. I, I think I said that wrong, but it's alright. Liam, how are you going, man? Yeah, good. Good to uh, good to be back on. It has been, I think it's been a couple of months or so. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm on. Uh, trying to get you on for ages just to get you... Prime fucking Leon, Neil Lennon defence out, which we'll come to eventually, but you've been fucking bursting with excitement to get it out of you, haven't you? Um, it, I like to think it comes out in everything that I do, mm-hmm. even even when I'm not talking about football, when I'm getting ready for work, when I'm you know when I'm making my lunch, I like to think that that real support of Neil Lennon always comes out. He was on telly the other day, wasn't he? I was fuming to seeing his when fucking not on face. Telly. Pam? When is he not on telly? I can't get him off. I don't know. He was just on Leicester for Leicester and United when he was on. Do you not know what he said yesterday on the radio? <laughs> Have you not seen this, what he said on the radio yesterday? I think it's a misquote. Do you think? Well, I'm going to say it anyway, and I'd like to believe it's true. Apparently, on Talk Sport, Neil Hennon said, Oh, we'll never see this again. 5,000 to 1. What are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care if it's not true. I'm going to believe it is true because it's funny. And that's what I live for, funniness. Anyway, listeners, before we get cracking on into the show, which will be very, very free, like hanging free, just talking about loads of random shite, no, no written agendas these days, just going off the cuff, because there's not much to talk about these days, because Bolton are seemingly not in that much of a crisis anymore, and you know football isn't happening every other day. So there's been a bit of a guff of things to talk about, and that's why the podcast has not been broadcasted for like three weeks now. You know, there's just been a pattern. There's what? There's been a game. There's not been. There's been nothing midweek, really, as for these days, lads. It's almost no. Just close your eyes, isn't it? You know, we've we've not had to worry about off the field yeah. necessarily, and they seem to be quite shrewd in that regard. So it's been it's been nicely quiet on that yeah. front. It's almost unsettling not having to talk about the next fucking disaster, but we'll we'll take it for now. So that's and that and the fact that you know. Chris is a father again, so he's been busy. I've been busy with uni work. Everyone's been busy with their own work and new stages in lives and whatnot. So it's just been hard to get together for to do the love pod of late. But we're here today. We're going to talk about some of the games recently, some of the um, the managerial farce because I'd say it's a farce at this point, and there's never a farce. It's always, it's, if we're talking about Bolton. There has to be a farce somewhere. Youngsters, then. Last day of the last game of the season preview, but first we're not going to talk about Bolton in the slightest because we are going to talk about Leicester fucking City winning the Premier League. Wow, Tom, just just wax lyrical. You've got you've got the mic. Just go for it. Uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. Like in this <clears throat> fifty million pound for Raheem Sterling, two and a half thousand pound for a for an Emirates season ticket. Footballers being paid two hundred, two hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week. The same teams finishing in the top four. The same teams winning European competition. It's just unbelievable, like to have that situation. And the the best thing about it all has been the anticlimax in the last week or so. Before, like champions, haven't they? 
Yeah, they've, like you're absolutely right. They've played like champions. If un, until last night, you know, I mean, the reaction at Old Trafford was amazing on Sunday. You know, they've gone to Old Trafford. They've got a point. It's near enough guaranteed the title, and they were gutted. Like they were walking yeah. over to the fans and clapping the fans, but the the players looked gutted and they've they been look fucking gutted last night on Twitter. I've never Twitter broke. It finally happened. Twitter's never broken like that before for me, and it broke. It took me over an hour to catch up my time, my like my my timeline on Twitter. For literally for an hour, it just keeps saying twenty minutes ago. I've never seen anything like it. Pictures weren't loading. It was crashing. They fucking broke the internet. Like Kim's ass can't do that. <laughs> Let's just fucking city. They did it, and then obviously we had Craig Morgan getting dragged over Jerry Vardy's kitchen floor. Like Vardy desperately trying to make sure nobody smashed his telly while everyone was going mad. <laughs> I noticed that as Magical. well. Kept protecting the telly, didn't he? Yeah, it was quite funny. He was like trying to make, just like holding people back, but still trying <laughs> to go for it. It was just magical, and I was like, I've never celebrated a Chelsea goal before in my life, but I fucking celebrated Eden Haddad's goal, like Bolton had just equalised or something. It was just Liam. What, what do you think about it all? It's beautiful, isn't it? It's absolutely amazing. I think where I differ with you a little bit, Dan, is that I couldn't bring it onto myself to want really want Chelsea to win See, I didn't at one point because I wanted Leicester to win it at their ground but then I realised I may well be flying when Leicester are playing the game next week against Everton so I was like shit I don't want to miss it they need to this needs to happen now yeah and very selfish I am, I am very very pleased as, as everybody is really that Leicester have won the league and you know what a story for football and sport in general you know I oh, mean a lot of people in any sport anywhere any place any time ever I mean I, 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 I'm I'm Partial to say that maybe the Forest team was bigger. Maybe I'd say Forest and FC Start, which is the I, I don't know if you're familiar with FC Start, either of you. <laughs> no, go FC on. FC Start are the team of basically they were the team of Dynamo, not Dynamo. What are they called Shakhtar Donetsk in Ukraine in World War Two, who got disbanded in like in, when the Nazi occupation, and then they made a team again during Nazi occupation of Donetsk. I'm pretty sure it's Donetsk. And then they like formed a team and had to fight loads of Nazi teams and still beat them handily, even though they were threatened with death and stuff like that. It's basically it's what the Escape to Victory is based on, but very different. <laughs> but without Sylvester Stallone in Yeah, that. pretty much. Like, <laughs> and without him being English. If you read up on the story of FC Start, everyone, because it's fucking magical. And that, that, to me, is the only thing that comes close. I don't think any other team has come, has beaten such odds to win something. Can I interject with the one that I think has been really left out in this debate? And it's a good, it's a really good debate. And, you know, yeah, I like it. It's, it's, I think it's great things. I think that Greece winning the Euros, See, I, that was unbelievable. I could understand that fully, but I always I always think knockout competitions are a lot easier. E- they're, diff- they're a lot easier to win than league seasons because well, it's six matches, isn't it? Like, anything can happen in six matches. Yeah, that's, season, that, that's seven wins, isn't it? Exactly. Season requires it to happen for nine months, isn't it? Like, anyone can win a race every now and then, but to win a marathon, it's a lot harder, isn't it, unless you proper... I don't know. I don't know if that analogy works quite well. But, like, don't get me wrong, Greece was magical and mental, and I'd, I'd try taking that achievement from any Greek, I imagine, would be quite difficult. But I still think anything ever just comes close to this. Just the the forest debate. The forest debate is an interesting one. I mean, Leicester's up there. Don't get me wrong. Leicester's the only thing who come close in modern era in actual like. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I had a very serious and solemn but very drunk debate with a forest fan a couple of weeks ago about this, and you know his argument was, you know, we went on 
not only to win the league, but yeah. win the European Cup back-to-back with pretty much the same squad. And yeah, he was like, yeah, we spent a bit of money, but... They spent they £1 million on bloody finger in the first season. Yeah, but the, 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 the flip side of that, the flip side of the Forest argument is that was a... It was a different. It was a different era where teams exactly. would come up and, and and finish quite highly. There was never. There wasn't an established like top four. Yeah. Then was it? Every team was. Every teams were always changing in that. Maybe yeah. you had one team Liverpool that was the dominant force, but very scrap amongst yourselves, wasn't it? Mm. And I just think so, nothing, there was nothing established like there is today, and Leicester just fucking shattered it into a million pieces. I think with the big rivals as well, it will make for a nice debate over the next ten, mm-hmm. twenty, however many years. So that'll keep that interesting as well. But it's just Leicester. It's just t- the thing is, like Forest were a team of good players. Like everyone knew they were good players. I presume. I think I watched that documentary earlier, um, a few months ago, which was very good, by the way. But this is just literally a team of mostly castos. Like Al Brighton was released by Villa. Um, Craig Morgan was signed from Forest. Like Hoof was released by Stoke. You know, it's they are mostly a team of castos. The team of Castos, smart finds, and just like you know, Vardy's the poster boy of it all, isn't it? And as much as anyone say, oh, people don't like him, whatnot, his his success mirrors the clubs, and it's just I could talk about it all day. I mean, I could not talk about Bolton and just talk about Leicester. <laughs> It'd be nice, wouldn't it? It was like um, one. They won it. It was like one o'clock in the morning yesterday. And I just sat there, wired about it. I was just yeah. witnessing history. It's not often you like realise what you're witnessing is like just a one in a lifetime thing. And it's just literally history making, but that last night, it just was. You just knew it watching. Can I ask? Can I throw a question out to the floor? Of course. As hard as it is, if you could nail it down to one player, who would you say has been the biggest in terms of playing staff, the biggest factor behind the title win? See, it's always hard with this one because it is so much of a team effort, isn't it? But I think. I think Kante. His, it's just his energy, isn't it? He does so much work. He does like the work of two men, and he's just been such a revolution. He gets easy to point him because he's the, one of the newest players as well. He's just completely changed everything. What do you think, Liam? I'm torn between two, but I'm going to go with Jamie Vardy. Yeah, um, it's completely fine. Yeah. You're talking so many one nil wins, and he's mm. he's scoring them goals. He's literally, I think, he's won more points for a team than any other player. Like yeah, on goals and that. But I was very much torn with Kante. Mm. Um, but team, you can't ignore Mares and Morgan exactly. either. Can't... Morgan, Hoof, Fuchs, Drinkwater. I've been fucking incredible. Drinkwater should start the Euros. Al Brighton, every yeah, single one of them. You know, I'm sticking with Vardy. Yourself, Tom. Uh, it changes every day. Um, Schmeichel, like Schmeichel. Yeah, well, this is that was. I was just about to say that. I mean, Schmeichel's made some unbelievable saves. I mean, there's so many times where you'd you'd expect him to parry it, or yeah, that's or, it. It's not even the saves. And, and he, and he just catches, he catches the ball everything, and he, and he kills it dead. Yeah, he's so but, right. I mean, it's it's got to be Kante. He's yeah. got. I mean, he's he is Claude Makélélé on the ball mm-hmm. and Patrick Vieira off it. He is unbelievable. Like he he's got to be. Without a shadow of a doubt, the best midfielder in the Premier League this season. Kante was my player of the year. Like, yeah, he would have been mine as well, but it's 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 a difficult shout between the three. Um, yeah. But then again, the strikers always get all the credit, don't they? Yeah, so, attacking players you know, are more appreciated, yeah. and you can't knock it. Like Ramirez has been amazing, Vardy's been so good. He works. It's 
not just his goals, but just the way he harasses defenders and moves the team forward just on his own through his own presence. Everything about that team is fascinating. I could write 4,000 words on him, like just a study on every single player. Like even Danny Simpson, who is quite comfortably the weak link, yeah. I still put it in and still deserves is deservedly there. I mean, he may have fucked up against United um, when he could have let Lingard through, but he cut back and made did great defending to win it back. Just stuff like that. Not, I can think of like literally two bang out mistakes they've made all season, and that was both against Arsenal was Simpson's red card and uh, Wesielski, the centre back who came on, giving away that free kick that led to the goal. Like just yeah. two mistakes all season. It's quite fucking incredible. Man, I could. I could. Hope I for us all. Hope for us all. There is, there is, and it's, it's almost quite depressing to have to move on to talk about our beloved little team. But you know, gives us hope, doesn't it? I mean, like, I nearly cried when we beat Blackburn and ended our like hundred and one day, hundred and eleven day losing streak. If we ever won anything, if we win the league this year, I'll fucking burn into Sambuca and just never return <laughs> again in life. Should we talk about little Bolton then? I just want to talk about Leicester for the rest of the time. I suppose we've got, got to give the, the listeners a bit of wonders, haven't we? Yeah, right. So since last time we talked, listeners, because it's been a while, Bolton have played. Middlesbrough valiantly lost 2-1 in the last minute, of course. We drew nil-nil with Charlton in possibly the most fucking horrendously boring games in the all of history. We just lost to Cardiff City, which was even more agonising. And then, last Saturday, we bloody beat Hull City, the one game... I couldn't. I could have gone to all season. The one game I could go to, the first game ever, I could go to, but couldn't be asked to go in. And of course, we won, which serves me right. I guess we can talk about all of them in mixed drips and drags. But we all watched all. It's the freshest in our minds. Liam, what do you reckon of the whole game? Is there a bit of hope for the next season after seeing that? Um, yeah, a bit actually. I was, I was very pleased of it because it's just not been great the last few weeks. I know. There's been steady improvements, but last-minute winners again has just been de- demoralising and stuff, and we're already down, so yeah, it's hard I mean, to get excited. But yesterday, on a Saturday even. Well, this looked. is it. I mean, a lot of people have said over the last few weeks that there's been a lot to learn, but personally, I haven't seen much to learn, really. It's not been great, but the whole game, it looked like a little bit of it came together, in mm. truth. Um, and maybe there was an, an element of one or two players really stepping up that Perhaps have let us down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to point at Matt Davis. On yeah. that. It's nice of, nice of him to turn up. We two and Davis are definitely looking for new clubs when on Sky. I think that's... And that, and, you know, say. yeah, I mean, it's not great, is it? But whatever. You know, it is what it is. I'd be glad to see the back of both of them. I like Wheater. I like Wheater. And you know what? I could see him in this world. And maybe I'm being naive in this modern way. But I could see him taking a pay cut to stay. He'd have to be massive, obviously. He's already dropped some wages or bonuses. Yeah, he's already dropped 10, 10 grand a week. Yeah. I could, because he, li- he just seems to like this area and just being at this club. I could see him taking a pay cut, but there's like a little glimmer of hope in my head outside like all the pragmatism in the world. Because I do think he's good. I think he's a good friend. He'd be brilliant in League One. He's just, I don't think he should be playing of late if he's not staying, because obviously reasons. But mm, I have to tell you he's been good, though, Tom. Derek... He's excelled in that midfield role, hasn't he? Yeah, he looks he looks far more natural. I mean, we've got a habit of a long-haired mm-hmm. centre-half from uh, from Madrid coming and in, moving into midfield. He looks pretty looks pretty comfortable there. I think 
what he's got is he's got the protection of, of a back line behind him mm-hmm. to put his foot on the ball. And I yeah. think we're not exactly the type of team, particularly from the back, to play that sort of football. Yeah. He's certainly not a full-back. Uh, he's not looked comfortable there. He's looked, you know, he's had... I he's think he's looked few... right centre-back, especially alongside Holden. Yeah, he's, he's done all right at centre-back. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the only disappointment is, you know, we've heard about how good uh, Oscar Threckeld was. Yeah. He was at uh, Plymouth in midfield and I suppose it would be nice to have seen to see him play more there. But but all, all um, accounts seem to point that he's been very good at right-back since he came in and with Matt has been all right at left-back and obviously new Tyler Garrett came in, been looked very solid as of late. So no, it's good to have options. You don't know how many of them will be staying this summer but Derek, to me, just looks... I'm, We've had a couple of defensive midfielders in the past. Spearing, <clears throat> he looks. Tell you why he looks better than Spearing because Spearing's always running to a defender, whereas Derek's just always, um, t- sorry. Uh, Spearing's always running to an attacker to try and intercept it, whereas Derek just always seems to be there instantly. Like he's so good at reading the game, and then he's just calm on the ball. What did you make of him in midfield on Saturday specifically, um, Liam? Yeah, it looked okay actually. Um, I'm... yeah, yeah, all right, all right. I'm. I'm not sure, sort of long term, mm-hmm. personally. I think there's a lot more. I, w- I just want to see the defensive side more, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I think you said that you thought he did well with Holding. I, I wasn't convinced in truth. I, yeah, I just think he's a bit ponderous. He's not. He's not. Yeah, yeah I mean, for, for someone who's quite quick, he doesn't seem to react quickly to okay. around him, but. He's still a young lad, isn't he? And he's probably getting... Yeah, he's not necessarily had a sustained run in the team, so... A joke, really. He should have played a lot more from what we've seen of him recently. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's fair enough. I mean, for me, the starting centre-back pairing, if they were both fit, would have been Weeter and Holden every day of the week. Yeah. So, you know, if he doesn't get a chance because them two are starting, then that's that's fair enough for me because they're the best two. Mm-hmm. Full, like, you play him out at full-back and it's not quite right, is he's it? He's not a good full-back in the slightest. It's, I mean, when I saw Holden at fullback, I was con- I couldn't believe the the player that we were putting in our team. I thought, who's this guy? But when he goes into the middle in his natural position, mm-hmm. it's flourished. Well, it's fucked a lot of people. Over. Freckeld got slaughtered for being a right like, went at right back against Norwich last season. Got slaughtered for it, and when he's not a right back, we need to stop doing that. I don't think Freckeld was ready last season, though. I don't know. I thought he could have been if he had given more of a chance. I think he got. Basically, what happened, if you remember, he had a throw-in, and he did a poor throw-in at the other end of the pitch, and then they went to the other end and scored. And, you know, nobody blamed the you know 11 other players in between that happening and our goal. They all blamed Freckeld, which kind of ruined it a bit, and clearly, ne- ne- le- clearly Lennon did as well, because that's when Vela came into the right-back. So maybe that turned out for the best in it all, but I don't know. I feel like Freckeld deserves a better chance, and I hope he gets... Oh, Bayern Munich have just scored again. Good goal. I do... Hope um, we keep him because I'm pretty sure his contract's out. So I'd be interested. Um, who else did you think played well, Tom, on Saturday or in general over the last four games? Anyone else you want to talk about? In terms of the, the players coming through? Anyone? Or... Anyone? I thought your mate Laurie Wilson did really well against Hull. Yeah, but he's, he's going to, isn't he? Because he's brilliant. Um, oh, I don't know. It's hard to. Uh, to pick it out because in general it's been it's been a lot better and what I've struggled to do is really finger oh that's a terrible expression I'm finding it really hard to, to identify um, <laughs> how do you get finger from identify uh, I don't know just, just 
cut it out, they'll never know. It's too late uh, now, talk about it too much. No, you think that's bad, I'll tell you a story. I was doing another podcast the other week, and um, my other football podcast, the Football Huddle, kind of stuff. and I um, was talking, but I was reading Twitter at the same time, I was talking about AC Milan having a hacker on their pitch for advertising Nivea Skin Cream. I don't know if you saw that. My mate seen. asked me about it, and I meant to say hacker. Like, he came to me talking, and I meant to say hacker, but I just read a tweet that talked about the Klu Klux Klan. So instantly, he asked, he came to me, and I just said randomly, without warning, Klee Klux Klan. Oh dear. And yeah, that was quite funny. That was quite a moment. I feel much better. Yeah, don't worry about it. You're not, you're not the first <laughs> to embarrass yourself in the podcasting space. But yeah, who do you think, anyone at all, who do you think has been playing well recently? Or if you want to talk about the kids, because so many debuts of late. Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been good. I mean, um, at the minute, I need to see more of him, but I think Garrett has, has settled in mm-hmm. particularly well. Looks a little bit like a rabbit, rabbit caught in the headlights when he got past the halfway line. But yeah. Well, that's, you know, he's a fullback. Yeah, well, that's, that's fine, that's fine. Uh, I'm not convinced by Maya yet. I'm not... Uh, I don't know. I like him, but I know him. I, again, I think he's another centre-back that's been playing out right-back, so it's hard to judge, even though he has been a bit more of a right-back of late than yeah. others. And, I mean, even Hayden White, who's, who we played as a right-back, has gone to Blackpool and played mm. a lot of football at centre-back. Liam rev- reviews about him quite heavily, don't you, Liam? He's a top player and, you know, Really, really good. Um, I, I watched him. I went watching Bradford, mm-hmm. eighth at Blackpool, on a bit of a jolly boys trip with the lads and work, and I couldn't believe it. I, cu- I couldn't believe the player that they had, that we had there at a different team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a time where I don't think we had a real sort of qualified right back. We were no. we were plugging gaps in there, and th- this guy's strong, quick, good on the ball, doesn't dive in, and I was I, I just couldn't believe it, and I couldn't believe it. I, I think we were playing at home and I looked on my phone and I think at that time we had holding a right back mm-hmm. and I remember just looking at my phone thinking what are we doing? What is going on here? White's but, problem is that whenever he's had a chance in the team he's always looked like a fucking bambling idiot hasn't he? he always looks like he's all legs but, but he seems to have developed. This is, this is a point I make quite often about young players don't just throw him in for the sake of it because it's damaging you throw him in when they're ready See I agree White did get fucked he got pl- I think he first came on off the bench because someone was injured and then he got thrown in another game. I think throwing him in as in like away off a bench and stuff, but I think at this point in time, like we are now, where there's no pressure, I think this yeah. is a good opportunity <coughs> blood youngsters, personally. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think it's a fair reflection on their ability It's though. not, and I think, but I think fans are always more forgiving of kids coming through and I think they understand that we're in a shit place at the minute and they weren't going to judge them. I do, I, I, maybe I'm being naive again, but I like to believe that, yeah, Bolton fans understand that it's not going to be the kids' fault. We've been shit all season. It's the, not these kids making us suddenly shit. We just need to give them as much experience as possible. I think a lot of fans would have, particularly after the drubbing at, at Bristol City and Derby, yeah. said, oh, I'm sure there was a school of thought out there that was saying, oh, where's you know, where's the, the people who were saying, bring you know, let the kids play, they can't do Liam any work. Liam was a fucking culprit of that, I'll tell you that now. Was he? Oh, aye. There you go, Liam. I'm holding you personally responsible for this. Um you know, you play, if you were to do, I think, uh, if you were to, to play players and then to, to get one 6-0 drubbing and then take them out and get, go back to your Mark Davises and your Liam Trotters. See, I think that's more damaging. Cause it's yeah, that's just... more damaging. And I mean, look, if you look at the results that we've had recently, they've improved. I think yeah. whatever Phillips has tried to implement seems to have eventually I think seen you, yeah. some sort of input. But like, like Liam said, the, when they're ready, they're ready. You don't. I think under Neil Lennon, I don't think he he threw them in, and when it was 
when it was suiting him. I think he put them in there when he needed it, when he needed a right back or he needed to go five at the back. But I don't think it did. Like holding early in the season when he came in against Middlesbrough, yeah. he got played in the wrong position in the wrong formation, then never got a chance again until six months what, later. What I will say on that front, Dan, is yeah. that he probably looked at holding and thought he was physically ready. Maybe but, he needs more development, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think if you remember correctly, Holding played in a free at the back against Millsborough and we got doped down in that first half and then I think he got taken off at half time. So he obviously got the brunt of the blame for that when it clearly so, wasn't his fault. No, but that, I mean, how can we say it's clearly not his fault? You know, because <laughs> it's a collective thing, isn't it? He's in the senior team, he's in the senior team. I, I, earlier on in the season, that's a completely different kettle of fish. When we yeah. lost 3-0 away at Middlesbrough, wasn't that a second game of the season? It was. Exactly, if he's not up to the standard then, get him off at half time. Those But I'm saying like that was an example of him throwing him in just to plug a hole. It wasn't using him correctly. But like I, said, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think you should have a whole team of youngsters because you obviously need a good mix to yeah. drag them through games, obviously. But I think we're talking about being physically ready. I mean, yeah, okay. in terms of his stature, Holding probably was ready. You know, you look at him and he, saying, yeah. he's up to the speed. Probably was against Middlesbrough. It just didn't work out in that game. But we're throwing in people like Mega. I'm looking at him thinking, you're miles off. I agree. I think he looks a bit dangly, doesn't he? He's like two years off. He, he, yeah. he, needs, he needs to go to Mackey's, not on the, <laughs> on the pitch. The thing, the, thing, the thing with young players is it's never a smooth transition. You never you know, cloth, cloth come into a team and, 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 you, and you very smoothly. I mean, the, for, young players will always peak and trough and it's whether or not they're going to get the chance here or on loan to, to get to the point. You know, you've got people like White, Threckled, who have gone away and gone on loan and probably grown as footballers mm-hmm. um, that way. And then we've got people like Clough, who you know, there's been times with Clough this season where he's looked, where he's looked back to his first game, where he, you know, he was looking lost, and, and then Cardiff away, he scores a, a, a beautiful free kick. So I think with young players, it's never a smooth journey, you know. Like, and like Liam said, it's it's whether or not the manager thinks they're ready, and then picking them in the right situations. Mm. But I think that's completely correct and I agree with that. I think but in this situation now, I think Phillips is doing a great job of giving as many as he can chances. Obviously Garrett's only in because Maho was stupid and fucking elbowed somebody in this fucking jaw. But he's coming, he's done well and I thought another one who came on on the weekend, George Newell, he only came on. I, I'm pretty sure he only got a place on the bench because um, he played well in midweek for the reserves and scored two goals. He came on, he had more than Heskey in 30 seconds, just good hold-up play and a nice little pass. He does look physically ready already, I'll agree with you there, Leon. And, um, you know, he, I think I'm pretty sure he was involved in the move for the goal. So what, what did you make of Newell on the Saturday, Liam? Number 51. Liam? Apologies, I muted that, sorry, boys. Um, right. It looked okay, actually, Newell. Um... I need I need to see a bit more. Obviously, we all do. Yeah, no, no one judging. But I suppose I I agree with you in the sense that this is the time to be doing that. Mm-hmm. And if we get anything out of this, it's knowing which young players are ready. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I just I just don't like losing. And <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. We're surrendering games six 0 away at Bristol City. But again, I'd say there was more. Really there was <laughs> less kids actually playing in that than seniors in that game. I think there's been more when we've been playing well in the recent weeks than there was at Bristol by quite a margin. Penalty Atletico, by the way. Oh, I'm a bit behind, but buzzing. <laughs> That's really... I fucking love Athletic Committee so much. But it's just like... Yeah, I just think the most exciting bit for this... The most exciting bit of this end of season has been just seeing loads of new people in the team. Because it's just... 
it's exciting seeing the unknown. Like, it's it's untapped potential. You know what I mean? I, like, we've seen what all these other players can do all season, and it's not very much. Even if the kids do fail and aren't ready, you know, let's see if they can be up to it. You know what I mean? That's just my that's just my offset, my offset on it. It's like a big believer in playing youth, giving them a chance. You just never know. Look at Marcus Rashford at United. I know it's United and they're better, but the principle still applies, you know. You never know if you really are good enough until they've got a chance, I think. We we're going to have to next season have a very cheap playing squad. Exactly. And the, the young players are gonna gonna make up Ooh, the it's min- not a penalty that. Not necessarily the starting lineup, but of the of the squad. Yeah, definitely. And we're gonna get, we're gonna learn much more about them in these meaningless games right. against better teams. We're gonna learn more in these games against Hull City chasing promotion than we are yeah. when we go and play Hoffenheim or something like that. I think you're being a bit ambitious there with Hoffenheim, but, but yeah, um, some ridiculous European team. Uh, Man Neuer has saved a penalty. Everybody, for fuck's sake. spoilers. Torres missed it. Yeah, I'm watching now. And it wasn't a penalty, actually. It was outside the box, so it makes sense. Um, it's just like... The, and and the players... And so I know, Liam, you just kind of had a spat at me for saying this, but players will learn more themselves. They'll learn more from 1-6, no, 1-4, one drubbing at Derby. They'll learn more from that than they would any hundreds of wins in the reserve team. Because it's just professional football against professional, well-built players, isn't it? Do you, do you agree with that at all, Liam? Or not? Yeah, of course no, of course I agree with that. Definitely, I'm just, I'm just saying, go and do it somewhere else. You're just, you're just winner, aren't you? You just don't want to lose at all. Whereas I, I'd, I'd happily sacrifice losses now when they don't matter for the long term. But I, they do matter. Go. <laughs> they do. I, you are right. I think getting some momentum now would do a lot of good stead next season. Just look at Leicester last season. They got seven wins in the, like, the last nine games or whatever, and that momentum's carried them onto this season. I know if we get a win now and get a good result away on Fulham next week, that's good momentum going into next season. But the only problem is how much momentum are we going to have when the whole squad could be changed and changed and what changed and whatnot. So I think I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy. Phillips is just giving so many people a chance at the minute. Was there anyone you thought played well on Saturday, Liam, or just played well at all in re- good in recent weeks? Uh, I think we mentioned earlier Matt Davis. He he particularly pressed me in the. Uh... In, in the whole game. Um, bit disappointing, really, that you, you get the best form out of him at this stage of the season. Well, he's going to get Middlesbrough as well, so you know it's clearly just TV, isn't it? Yeah, so I'd be keen to, to point that out. I'll also say that I felt Ben Amos was solid. He's someone who's come under a lot of criticism. Yeah, and justifiably so. Yeah, I think so. I've been a big defender of him, but at the min- at, towards the last few weeks, he has been fucking hopeless. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see when he was back. dreadful. Remember at Middlesbrough game when he dived about 30 seconds too early and then they just nodded it in? It's really appalling that. You're preaching to the converted with Ben Amos, don't worry. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I like him though and I still think he's a good keeper in there but he just got rattled so badly of late. We need, I, I hope we signed Daniel Bentley from South End but I don't know what's happening at the minute with that. Just stay clear United players. It's rule number one. True. true. <laughs> Anyone else at all catch your eye? Liam or Tom? Anyone else at all? Emil Heskey. Sorry? Emil Heskey. Piss off. He always catches my eye. I bet he fucking does. Probably with a shot. As it scurls 30 yards wide and it's shown the fucking face. Anyone at all, Liam? Before we move on and talk about Jimmy Phillips? 
think we've, I think we've covered it quite yeah, well. There's been, yeah, there's been. I can't think of anyone. Like, but Jimmy Phillips, I'd say things have been improving lately. Obviously, first win he got of his second tenure in what ten games? I think it is nine, ten games yesterday on Saturday. Even he's been improving steadily. And obviously the managerial farce is a bit of a farce. As I said, everyone's denying they want to come here. John Sheridan saying he's not. Wilder pulled out, apparently. Even Phil Brown pulled out, which kind of feels like, you know, you've pulled a girl, you're about to do the business, and she then says, I can't do this. It's like, oh, cheers, mate. Thanks for that. Thanks for getting my hopes up. So cheers for that, Phil. So is Phillips and Reed and possibly Nolan as a coach or whatever, are they going to be the managerial team next season, Liam? I don't know what's going to happen in truth. Um, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. And to be honest, I don't I don't necessarily read too much into people ruling themselves out. I yeah, think yeah. Sheridan was particularly coy. He, he didn't, he, he didn't, he, his statement doesn't really say anything for me. <laughs> it's a, pretty much no one's approached, so I'm not going anywhere, which, yeah. you know, I think a more cynical person could call that a come and get me plea, really. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, not a no, it's just nothing, isn't it? It's not no. denial, it's not an acceptance, it's just... No. I, I personally think we'll, we'll get Sheridan. That's I've, I've thought that for a bit of time now. Um, I think that's where we're going to go with it. Phil Brown probably costs too much. I think, that's that's, the, I think it is. Yeah. Which is a sorry state of affairs, really. Really is, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that is the, the key. And I think that's fair enough. Um, if we're priced out with somebody, we're priced out with somebody mm-hmm. exactly inspiring me with confidence anyway, if I'm being completely honest. I, I don't know. Does he? Does he not? I feel like no. who was I talking to? Who was we talking to? Was it you, Tommy? Was saying that he's done it all. You know, he's done it in every division. One promotion's been relegated. Yeah, he's managed in every division. He's succeeded. He's failed. He's very much the antithesis of the manager we've been going for. In that, been there and he's done it. Yes, and I think the law the South End have got two very good players who are both out of contract in the summer. Who I'd like us to sign a lot. The Bentley, who I mentioned a minute ago, and I think Jack Payne. I'd like us to sign both of them. And obviously, Brown would be a bit of a law, I'd have thought. But I don't know at this point. What do you think, Tom? Is it going to be Phillips? Is it going to be Reed? Would you be happy with that? Would, or do you want someone else? What about what are your thoughts on Sheridan? Um, I'm becoming increasingly worried that it will be Reed. Um, and he's a lovely bloke. He's a fantastic footballer. Um, but there's a reason why he's been on the shelf for as long as he has. Um, he's stepped in. He's he's done the club and, and possibly a couple of friends in football a favour by helping Jimmy out, but it, as a long term plan, uh, that's that's a non-starter. Peter Reid's a non-starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need, particularly with this young squad, we need a, an experienced manager who's who's been there and done it. We need someone who knows how to how to treat young players. Maybe who knows the division. John Sheridan, I would have no worries about. Would you, I, see, I, I just feel a little underwhelmed by it, but please explain why you think it's good. Educate me. Uh, Matt, Matt the, re- the regular Plymouth connoisseur on the, on the site, was quite positive about it. And I do. You know, he's a Plymouth, knows about, a lot about Sheridan. So what do you think? I mean, he's, he's from that generation. You know, fans of my age, he was in, in the team that was promoted. And, and, and those those players, that group of players... For me, uh, are, are as if not more immortal than than the Campos and the Jokevs and the Akotches. They're not as talented, but you know, for me, being 
the age that I was watching these players and John Sheridan was coming to the end of his career but he, he was so accomplished in what he did he didn't really have the legs and he didn't really move outside of the centre circle but he, he could he could play the game and if he can manage a team in the way that he played we'd be in for a bit of a treat and to be honest I don't know a, a whole lot about his style of play as a manager and how Oldham have I, I know that Oldham have managed to shore things up defensively under him which is which is the first sign of a good manager um, I'd, I'd be happy with Sheridan we could do a lot worse than John Sheridan I think What do you think of Sheridan Liam? I can't echo what Tom said enough to be honest okay. pretty much agree with every single point he's probably of the people that we're realistically linked with my preferred choice I don't really want Wilder and I can't put my finger on I that. don't want Wilder even I'll tell you why it's literally the experience thing he's I think me and Tom discussed it on our last podcast we did, and I wrote an article on it. He is another manager, just like Friedman, just like Coyle, just like Lennon, who's done one good thing. I know Wilder's been in the game a little bit more than the other three, and he's done a bit in a few more clubs, but he's just done one good job, and we've, it seems like we're looking at that and thinking, oh, I hope he looks good, he looks young, he looks up and coming. Let's bloody do that, yeah. And then I was like, no, let's not. We need we need an older... Oh, fucking hell, Simeone's just attacked someone. Oh, jeez. <laughs> just, he just pushed the guy with the board for the substitutes. We need... I was thinking we need someone a bit more experienced, which is why my argument for Phil Brown. I, I, at this point, no, I feel like I'm too enamoured with the idea of Brown and all that that could bring to actually have a objective viewpoint on anything. But, yeah, that's my reasoning on Wilder. What do you does that kind of echo what you think of it a bit, Liam? Yeah, it's it's just an echo. It's it's more Coyle than I think than anyone else. Mm-hmm, definitely. It, just, it reminds me more of Coyle, a, a real sort of man on the up. See, I just I don't know. I mean, how much do we pin our successes and failures down to the manager's abilities themselves? It's not a coincidence that so many managers in a row fail at Bolton to know yeah. that there was something. Systematically wrong with the club. I hopefully we've moved on from that now, but but we'll come to that later. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, I'm 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 teetering on Sheridan for the reasons that Tom covered. As for my reasons against Wilder, it's just more of a gut feeling based yeah, on. I what agree. You... I agree. So, what do we? F- we all know what we want. What do we think it'll be? So you, I presume you think Reed and Phillips, Tom. Uh, I'm I'm very worried. So am I. I think very that's worried. Gonna be it. I think it's going to be. Phillips oh. manager, Reed assistant, Nolan first coach, and player. I'm, which... even, I'm even more terrified of, of a Reed manager, Nolan that, assistant situation. That, that would, be scary. would be would be the worst possible scenario. And what you've I, I mean, don't what Phillips he... is manager either because he just doesn't strike you as inspiring, does he? He's just they're just they're just two of, of at the minute what we what we absolutely don't need. Yeah. What we don't need is is a manager that's that's not been in. Um, First, first class or, or second class for that manage for that matter, management. They've not been at this any sort of level for for a good time. Uh, you look back to the job at Leeds and the job at Sunderland that he did, and he was a categoric failure. Uh, I think Kevin Nolan is just another one of these ex-players, young manager, no experience that we've tried and tried again, um, and it's not worked. So mm-hmm. we need to we need to take, go for someone who knows the level, yeah. who who's experienced at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's gonna stay and do a job and get us there. And at the minute, like you know, like Liam said, uh, Sheridan's number one. Yeah, I think a good show, an interesting show, would be Kenny Jacket if he does get sat by Wolves this season. 
He done a very good job. And he did a good job at Millwall as yeah, well. Yeah, he gets teams out of League One. I, th- I think that has to be our aim. I know we want to consolidate or whatever and not implode. But I think our aim, we'd be... What are we doing as a club if our aim is to not get promoted? Like, whatever way it takes. But there's no... Like, experience matters a lot and Kenny Jackett's done it a couple of times. But, like, we're going to fucking smash it with Gary Caldwell. And I know they spent a lot of money, but some of other teams, it's so hard to call, isn't it, I think. Well, Liam, what do you think we'll get it? I think Sheridan will get it in truth. Okay. Someone who I sort of liked from the off in terms of this debate was Gary Boyer. Mm, not one for me, to be honest with you. He's all, again, he's someone who's only done one job, and it's always been a job of consolidation and steadying ships and whatnot. It's not been a job of But I think that's progress. where we are. That's where I disagree with you a little bit, Dan, because I still think that's where we are. We've not... There is still a long way left to fall. It definitely is, definitely is. But I feel like we need to stop... Attack is the best form of defence and Atletico are in the final. Fucking beautiful. I say that. I say, say attack is the best form of defence as Atletico Madrid just going to a Champions League final kind of undermines my point a bit. But I feel like if we don't start trying to get up, we're never going to go up. If we keep trying to stay where we are and consolidate, we're just going to keep sliding down gradually. But please continue with your point because it is, it's still valid. Liam? Sorry, I got caught in the Champions League. You'll have to all right. go on, Dan. You'll have to repeat that. Sorry, mate. Just um, who do you think? Who do you think? Boya. You were talking about Boya. Why do you think that would be good? Uh, yeah, the consolidation job. They were a set. They they were in a right mess when he took over. It's difficult to remember how how bad it actually was. Oh, it was horrendous. But yeah, exactly. I mean, they did they'd, they'd fallen. Everyone was on the back of the Venkies, and then Steve Keith came in, um. And he, he really sort of steadied things up and I thought it was a really harsh sacking when they got rid of Boyer. And they've, they haven't exactly improved since he's left either. No. Under I, 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 a very, apparently, you know, a good manager with a good reputation yeah. has, has, done a, has done a worse job than Gary Boyer did. Boyer, to me, he, I just like the guy as well. There's something about him that's quite endearing, something quite humbling. Um, he seems to know his stuff whenever you hear him talk and... Blackburn were very good under him, very organised. It, it was a re- it was a real turnaround. I know they didn't necessarily get into playoff positions that perhaps they were hoping to, but you know, I think looking at it and taking a step away as to where Blackburn were headed and where they where he left them. Okay. I don't see how you can think he did a bad job. I don't think he did a bad job. I think he just did a simply okay job, and I think okay would be okay. But I think we just need to be. I think if we don't. Well, I think we just need to try and get up straight away, and I don't know if he is the person to do that. Who's only just done? Who's only done one job, and that was always consolidating. But I'm saying all this, and I was the person who was bemoaning Chris Hutton for being boring, and other people like that for being boring. I wanted Lennon. I wanted the young, exciting manager who has potential and all that type of shit. And look where that fucking got us. You know, Chris Hutton's about to get promoted. May well get promoted to the Premier League, and we're going to the League One. But speaking of Neil Lennon. Liam, you've had this bottled up for weeks. Go for it. Defend Neil Lennon in whatever twisted way you can and I'll try not to just kick you off the Skype call. <laughs> um, look, when you're judging Neil Lennon's tenure, I think I was touching on the point earlier, you've got to look at the decline that we've had over the years. Now, it's easily said that, and I know, and I know that you can... I don't want to necessarily take individual decisions that Neil Lennon made during his manager and just get rid of them over a decline that's happened over six years. But you've got to bear that in mind when you're judging him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can't argue with that. So you look at the... 
performances on the pitch. The first thing that you obviously have a... Well, the, the easiest thing to criticise, and I'd be the first to agree with you on this front, is the away form. Absolutely terrible. Unforgivable poor away form, really. Um, but, for me, I think whilst we didn't win, we weren't necessarily out of too many games either. And I think when you look at when he left, and the first away game that we had in the post landing era... I think you, you, you've begun to realise the issues that were perhaps there and the real sort of ingrained defeatist attitude that was in this team. Now, when Lennon came in with a little bit of money, and, and, and it only was a little bit, yeah. he was able to inject something a little it was bit. enough to get Lafondra, and that's it. Exactly. But it wasn't just Lafondra, though. Well, good Johnson. Believe it was Johnson, Lafondra, Bannon, who's in the team of the Bannon, year, championship yeah. this year. He had McCarthy at centre-back. Yeah. There was a little bit there, and it wasn't a shock to me that we started to move up. Now, you take them away, and you're left with what essentially was the problem before. And players that Lennon didn't want, he was lumbered with, particularly Jay Spearing. He did nothing wanted, nothing to do with Jay Spearing. Spearing can't lift his head up for a pass. That is against everything that Lennon was about as a manager before he came to Bolton. Now, after being looked, that's exactly why he put a player like Barry Bannon in. Someone who puts his foot on the ball can split the game. That, that was what he wanted. So it was difficult for him that then all of a sudden in his centre midfield that he's left with Darren Prattley and Jay Spearing and Neil Dans, which completely throws out of the window the Neil Lennon way of playing, which is to keep the ball in midfield and to spray it out wide quickly. Yeah, OK. I think it is important to remember he gave Dans and Prattley two new contracts as well. But... <laughs> I suppose it is. I suppose it is important to remember that. I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's <coughs> weird. And it's one that I just kind of want to forget about, but and just move on from. But you know, you're answerable to me. Can I play devil's advocate? I'm sure. You, I don't think you're. I think you're not the devil. I think Liam's the devil. <laughs> you go for yeah, it, Tom. A good manager works with what he's got. Claudio Ranieri, and I'm going to use this until the end of time. Spent the first week at Leicester just watching the players and watching how he was going to get that team to play and fit his tactics and his style of play around the players that he had. Now, don't get me wrong, it wasn't a talented bunch. It's certainly not the worst squad in that division um, on paper. Maybe on the playing field, it absolutely has been. But a good, a good manager changes his team to the, to the to the players that he's got. Uh, what do you think? What do you make of that, Liam? I, I agree with Tom. I, I seriously doubt on that point that Many managers, and I'm not saying all, that many managers could have kept this Bolton squad up this year. Mm -hmm. I don't think that. It was a hard task. Other people do, but I don't think that at all. Um, And I think um, to expect a manager to overachieve, I think is unfair. I don't think necessarily that Lennon underachieved with that team. I don't think he underachieved Mm. at all. But to expect someone to overachieve and to get the best out of it. I know we say Ranieri, but... I think we've all agreed that that's something special. Oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. But it's just it's topical, isn't it? Of course it is, of course it is. But I don't know. I personally would have doubted if someone could have kept that team up this year. But I think we surrendered it when we got rid of Lennon. Do you... F- yeah, okay, okay, I agree with that. I think Lennon leaving was at that point, right? We're not staying up. Oh, we were down anyway, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, yeah, th- th- that was the point where they thought, there's no point, we need to prepare for next season. I fully agree with that. I think like, you're right. You can't judge Lennon without taking everything into consideration. Everything. But taking it into consideration, he was still fucking annoying. 
He still made stupid decisions when it came to his tactics, to his substitutes, to everything. He made bad signings. I know Gary Dean and who else was probably not his first choice signings and stuff like that. He still made them. He still, you know, he went into the summer with a strike force of Heskey and Medine. I know it probably wasn't his fault, but still, it still happened. He has to take the responsibility for it. I just think he just people look better on him. I think if he was just in talk bollocks in, in press conferences and stuff like that, and I don't know. I think it's a weird one, and I, I think he's a big, he's a big victim of the start that he made. Nobody, nobody would have batted an eyelid if this was a gradual, slow decline into League One because that that was the way the club was 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 heading before Lennon came to the club. But the, I think he's a big victim of the fact that when he came, there was this huge, was this mm-hmm. huge boost. You know, the, the the game at Anfield, good Johnson coming back, um, the way we played against Cardiff and Wigan at home was was superb. It was absolutely brilliant. And he's a he's a victim of um, of that success or that that limited success early on because we thought oh he's he's come to fix it and obviously he's got his reputation at Celtic um, he knew what he was getting into he, he nearly he nearly had the the right players and the right I think rest- if we had money and need to see it sell Chung and Lee and we didn't have bad injuries and stuff like that I think it could have worked I think in a better situation it could have worked. But alas, we didn't have that situation, did we? No. No. So anyway, I think because there's not much else to talk about, I think we do a quick little preview about Fulham, last game of the season, next Saturday, and I think we call that a day. Unless anyone else wants to talk about anything else at all? Anything? Any burning I'd, issues on your minds? I'd like to talk about Darren Prattley. Oh, please do. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really. I wouldn't. Mm. <laughs> Thank God you had me concerned for a moment there. Do you remember his dive on Saturday? Fuck me, how embarrassing was that? Oh, Christ alive. Anyway, right. Fulham. Last game of the season. Last chance to win away so we don't go without an away win all season. We're taking... We've sold 900 tickets already. No doubt we'll sell more before that day. Brilliant effort. Relegation party, no doubt. Liam, what team do you want to see? What youngsters do you want to see in the team, if any? What do you think the score will be? Um, To be honest, I think whilst I may have thought earlier on, I... Don't think it really matters who plays in this game. Yep. Let's let's have a bit of fun with it. I know I'm someone who's obsessed with winning, and of course I am. But you know, it is the last game of the season. Mm-hmm. Let's have a bit of fun with it. Um, I want Heskey to start. Obviously, <laughs> I would I not want that to happen? Um, keep Mark Davis away. I don't want him when he's playing well. No, no, <laughs> we're not helping him. Um, he can do one. Nah, we need help him. We need to get some money from it, somewhere. <laughs> or, or, or agree a severance package room. Well, what was, was that? Any, anyway, um, I'm not too fussed about the team. I just want us to have a nice day <laughs> down there mm-hmm. and uh, hope everyone who goes down enjoys themselves. You know, there's more to life than football. Have a good day about it. Don't worry about Wigan. You know, they're spending reckless money. Give it. I give that three or four years. Um, we'll be all right. They've had good scenes, haven't they? Fuck me. If we just get limbs, if we get limbs like that next season, and fucking your best player will go out on the piss for you, I'll take it, mate. I'll take relegation for that because that was fucking incredible. It pains me to see it happening to Wigan. Three or four years, I give it. Three or four years. Well, they, they are throwing money at it. Let's hope we're all still about to see if that prediction goes to comes to fruition. 
Tom, because I know you need for a piss, so quick time, who do you want to see play and what um, do you think? I'd I'd quite like to I mean I like reading into, you know, starting lineups. I'd quite like the squad to reflect what he would anticipate the first game of League One starting lineup to be as it yeah. is. So, you know, any players with any plans or desires to, to go, um, don't have them in the squad at all. I'm not one for swan songs and, and all that mm-hmm. bollocks. I think Wheater deserves one if he, you know, he <laughs> plays like that. Wheater Davis if they can't, if they want to stay but yeah. can't, stuff like that. Yeah. If Dave, Dave, David Wheater in particular has done more than enough for the club um, from the Premier League and all the way down to, to now. He's, he's done enough. You know, he doesn't need a swan song at okay. Fulham to go down. So, no, it, I'd like it to be as close to the starting line-up as, as they would envisage it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and give the fans, you know, the, those going down, something to some, you know, something to look forward to next season. You know, and just remember that eight years ago, this was Leicester City. That's the thing, isn't it? Life's a left circle. Yeah, eight years ago, this was Leicester City. So, there's, there's always, no matter how we're... No matter how faded and, and far away it seems, there's always that little bit of hope that that we'll be back. Mm-hmm. I think what scored you? What scored you both? Reckon four 0 Bolton. Good shout, Tom. Six one. Either way, <laughs> big swing that. <laughs> For me, team wise, I just want Freckel to play if he's fit. Bella to play if he's fit, obviously. Garrett to keep his place ahead of Moxie because Moxie is shite and should be off and I think he will be. Same Derek in midfield holding whatever. Same, same, same. Then I want Newell to start up front instead of Heskey. I want him to get his chance. He did very well against Hull. Let's see if he can do it from 90 minutes. Against a team who are just, you know, two places above us. They're fucking shit. Let's see if he can do it. And I want, if possible, towards the end of the game, I do want Jamie Thomas to make his debut. I think, no matter what anyone's been saying, no matter what people think of his attitude or whatnot, he's a highly... Talented, promising player, you know, 18, whatever. Get him making an appearance because even if he does go in the summer, more money. And then, if not, we know he, he's happy because he's finally made his debut. He's seen everyone else around him do it. Let him make his debut. Let him think, oh, if I do stay here next year, I might well rip up League One. He's a, obviously a bit of a egotistical guy, which is fine. Confidence. It's good for players. So yeah, that's all I want. I want to see Newell start. Let's see if he can, let's see what he's about. Thomas make his debut and I'll be quite happy with that me I think we'll win 3-0 because I think I think it's going to pull out on last eight season just for a banter and whatnot. but anyway there's nothing else to add I believe that is the end of episode 54 of the Line of Vienna podcast hasn't it been fun way no well I'll hurry up the goodbyes because you know I think Tom's bladder is fit for busting but, but anyway if you you listen to this you know who we are you know what we do we're banter Go to lineofwinnersuite.com for loads of great articles. If you've not checked out Game of Thrones' House Chronicles of House Bolton Wanderers series yet, please do because it's bloody incredible. So, so funny. Check it out if you like Game of Thrones or if you like Bolton or if you like both or if you like neither. Do it. It's fucking brilliant. Um, obviously, Facebook, lineofwinnersuite.com. You can get all our articles and debate there. Twitter, at lineofwinnersuite. And... That's just about it. So, Liam, where can people find you on that internet? Don't, don't even bother. No, fair enough. Tom, where can people find you on that internet? Twitter. Where and what? Where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at down the Manny Road, Road RD. Mm, and let's hope more people, random people from weddings, can find you. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, please, yeah, please do that. Please come up to me at weddings, funerals, christenings, uh, and talk to me about the line of Vienna. Tell us how good line of Vienna is or how shit you find it. We we love it either way because. Lovers or haters, you can't bloody ignore us now, can you? You can find me on Twitter, at Mabrosky, and if there's nothing else to say, I guess it's time to say goodbye. So, Liam, would you please? Bye. Oh, so abrupt. Tom, say goodbye. Have a lovely week, everyone. It's goodbye from me. Salami.